I, I wish I had more stuff to talk about, but unfortunately, I'm looking to you guys. You got I'm, no I don't have no workshop. I don't have <laughs> any tools. So I'm looking to you guys to uh, tell me what it's like to smell the, the sweet What's smell like? of, of man glitter, as they call it. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, today, was it today? What's today? Tuesday. Yep. Today, I uh, installed, or well, Monday, actually. <laughs> I installed a big, long disc. I did talk about this in the last episode, which I destroyed. So I shall recap it. <laughs> You're still doing your penance. You de- I thought you meant you destroyed the table. Which is that we didn't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the actual podcast I destroyed. No, um, so I uh, installed this large, um, it's 4.8 meter long. I, I'm calling it a desk because it has a desk in it, but it's very small. Uh, and it's mainly just storage for this very long lounge room. Um, and so that was interesting because it's bloody heavy and um, we ended up having to had big tall skirting boards on the wall and we had to end up taking the skirting board right off trimming it down so the desk unit could kind of sit on the skirting to kind of help taking managing some of the weight and then um, ended up having to rescribe the skirting to the floor and then could kind of sit my units on the skirting and then screw it back to the studs and um she was pretty good but um yeah that, that was an interesting job being such a long unit it, it looked massive in the in the workshop until we kind of got it in the room and it looked perfect so it was good cool. clients were happy any progress on the workshop mm. uh don't mention the war doesn't doesn't sound <laughs> like it's the the only progress is that there we are still scheduled for delivery in September yeah. at the end of September. So, getting closer. Uh, it's getting closer. So I'm actually kind of now thinking I'm, I have to seriously do some things. I've got to shift a water tank on site and get it in place before the actual steel arrives. Yeah. So I've got to actually start doing some things. But the problem here is that it's rained for the last 33 days or something straight, oh. and no one's doing any earthworks or anything. I need to get. Um, some drainage ditches dug and pipes put in and, and it's just not going to happen it's just mud city everywhere so it could be a bit of a delay there what, what's it like and i've got to say up in melbourne brian are you guys you're getting a lot of wet weather aren't we've you been, we've been pretty lucky to be honest it's been a little bit wet the last week but right. overall like autumn and winter were pretty good compared to the rest of australia yeah well we, i just keep hearing from people that Hobart or Tasmanian General is having one of the wettest winters. Since I've moved here, we have not had more than four days. Well, four dry days. You haven't had more than four dry days? Four dry days, sorry, in a row. Right, okay. Yeah, right. That's how much it rains here. It's unbelievable. And I was watching uh, Scott Brown, one of his latest videos, and he was talking about the rain as well and i know up in brisbane they're getting hammered so it just feels like just mm. this yeah, this corner of the content of the the globe is just getting hammered world, yep. yeah yes yeah. Uh, it's ridiculous at the moment it's just wet 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 but yeah otherwise um i've been having to shuffle around my jobs completely doing this whole week swaps with uh, some of the weather has delayed some things with other building sites and so my install dates have been pushed all around and so I'm, I'm swapping weeks with other weeks and trying to swap clients around to make sure that we can actually do what we have to do on the time that's meant to happen and so that's just a bit of a um uh yeah just a tricky kind of scheduling thing which is the worst part i think about running a small business is actually having to tie all that stuff together where you've got to you've got to be where you said you were going to be and mm. actually 10 other things are stopping you from doing mm. that because you know from a myriad of reasons and that's a bit of a trick but mm. we're getting there so yeah i've been uh, busy with a lot of paperwork really other than making some few more boxes but what have you been doing brian uh all right what have i been up to the last month i did the knife making course with uh, cutthroat that I went yes. into great detail in the um, in the Phantom episode. <laughs> Not going to let this go. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks thanks to Aiden up at Cutthroat. Thoroughly recommend the classes. Absolutely brilliant. Um, a real challenge as well, and it's nice to do something different. I haven't really done much sort of 
personal development in terms of learning to make things. You know, I just usually try to work things out for myself. So to actually be taught something is, is really nice. Uh, done that. I had an open day as part of Melbourne Open House this weekend. So that was pretty cool. First time I've had like groups of people through my workshop since 2019, really. Um, well, so it was nice as to see in, some... As in someone coming to look at taking over? Well, open no no open house is uh, it's just a program run. Loads of architects, different oh, buildings, I, like a real estate open day. Nah, gotcha. nah, nah, gotcha. nah, nah. So just to visit, um, visit the site and have a chat. So that was good. Probably mm. had about you get a few people. Yeah, probably, it was a pretty stinky. Talking about the weather, it was pretty stinky that day. So, but probably had about one hundred and fifty, one hundred and sixty through the day. Wow, so, yeah, it was, it was, that's decent. It was good. Um, and yeah, some old faces, some new faces. Um, I've also started doing my teaching gig on Thursday nights at the Victorian Woodworkers, which has been going well. So, um, and what else? Oh yeah, my rite of passage getting food poisoning from Bunnings. Yeah, from a sausage sizzle. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's been busy. It's been busy, busy. Um, like all the worries that we had about the rising interest rates, which are obviously going to continue to go up. Um, I've actually probably got more work on now than I've ever had on awesome uh, that's yeah. so good to hear it's manageable but it's sort of booked in long term sort of some three to four months lead time so yeah it's it's good it's a little stressful when you when you've got such a long you know it's like at one on yeah. one hand it's comforting yep. and then on the other hand you're like yep. shit I ha- nothing can go wrong for these timelines to work precisely out. and obviously baby um, due in November Oh, so yeah, yeah that's a pretty hard deadline right there so just trying to get everything working around that but yeah it's been really good but um yeah so i'm excited about our guest tonight yeah yes. yeah so before we get to our guest uh, i just want to mention to everyone who's listening who isn't aware we do have a uh, instagram account now that brian is managing so if there's anything wrong blame brian um, so thank you for that brian that's awesome uh, and one of the goals of that is if you've got any comments or feedback on the show or if there's any questions you want to ask us that's where it's going to be so when this episode comes out there will be a post on Instagram keep it out there and, and we welcome any feedback up as long as it's positive yes. of course. <laughs> <laughs> so with that in mind let's uh, yeah I'm going to introduce our guest uh, Brian you mentioned the first person from South Australia I believe so, yeah. I don't think we've had any, any Southies in. I think you're right. So, yeah. James Howe, welcome to the show as our first South Australian uh, woodworker and designer. And on that note, I, I really want to touch on something, a little a little video post that you put up um, on, on Instagram, which we'll get into hopefully in the show. But welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. Thank you very much. Really good to be here. So, a, a, a good place for everyone listening who doesn't know you. Uh, how did you get into this gig? Yeah, good question. Um, so I was a because um, it was it was somewhat um, unusual, I suppose, because I just kind of fell into it in a lot of ways. Um, I was a journalist for around about seven years, and. Um, and then just basically got a sudden interest in furniture out of the blue. And um, mm. a few opportunities arose and um, thank God I decided to kind of pursue them as they came up. And, um, you know, I'm sure you guys know what it's like. One thing leads to another and next minute you're um, making furniture for a living, so... That's uh, yeah. Long so story how, how long short. ago was that, James? When? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was back in. Uh, I think that was. I, I struggle a little with dates, so you're going to have to bear with me. But I think that was back in 2015 that this thing kind of kicked off. Okay. So. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, I never had any real interest in furniture um, prior. It was just a thing that really just. Um, emerged as my wife and I were trying to shop for stuff for the house that we bought in Port Nolonga. And um, we needed some, you know, stuff to sit on and <laughs> fill, the, 
house with. Because it's, it's a bit, You're like, oh, yeah, I can make that for yeah, two and then it was, Well, it was kind of, we started getting interested, I guess. You know, we'd go to antique sh- stores and started off buying these hideous kind of um, mahogany kind of uh, dining tables and stuff. And then um, gradually, I guess, you know, when you interact with something for the first time, you really have no, you don't really have any taste, you know, it's, it's something that grows and builds. And I guess so we kind of experienced going through that process of starting to develop a, a taste and a preference and, and then just, um, I guess, leading up to the moment where I got my mind just completely blown by the work of Borge Mogensen, who was a Danish furniture designer, you guys probably heard of him and um he designed he designed a lot of pieces it was really prolific but one of his pieces was the j39 chair which was a um a fairly simple wooden chair with a curved backrest i think it was modeled on shaker furniture and um it was typically typically made with a uh, woven danish cord seat and um i just i'm not sure if i'd ever seen such simple kind of beautiful refined furniture but if I had I hadn't taken it in but in that moment I was just primed I guess to I don't know just kind of had my mind blown I guess if that makes sense and uh yeah it was that moment that that kicked off my obsession I suppose and yeah started messing around with designing furniture and um you know as I as I say I had some opportunities come my way and pursued those so yeah sorry joey briefly how do you go from pen and paper to um workshop full of tools yeah so well to be honest at the start i didn't really even have pen and paper i would um (laughs) i would rock up to a i had a i was blessed to have a couple of uh friends with um uh, you know quite impressive skills in uh one one my best mate pete is a a very skilled metal worker and um uh, another friend of mine uh joel wright is a uh a woodworker and so i basically just hit those guys up with a bit of a mental concept and then um stood alongside them in the furniture in their uh workshops while they kind of fabricated the stuff that i want wanted made and um yeah, and right. uh, it, you know, they were very patient guys and um, I was able to get my ideas across, I guess, r- more efficiently than you would imagine in some ways and less efficiently than would be desirable, I suppose. But um, long story short, I guess, you know, we managed to get the job done for a, for a few pieces at the start. And then, um, yeah, and then so... Now, following on from that, I, um, so one of those early pieces won a design award, which, um, and the, the prize was a trip to New York for my wife and I, which was, I mean, you can imagine at the time, like it was just, you know, crazy. Which piece, which piece was that, James? That was a, um, a change table that I built. For my um, for our third, oh yeah, third I was baby. it with the den- the Danish yeah course. yeah that's right yeah and awesome. so um yeah and you know it was super exciting as you can imagine because um I'd become completely obsessed with furniture and um it was kind of like a I guess somewhat of a you know that sort of tick of approval like you're on the right track um you may have some potential to pursue this, you know, it was like unbelievably exciting. Um, And then off the back of that, I um, managed to get a spot at Jam Factory um, in Adelaide. And um, at, yeah, and so that was, yeah, Jam was, was cool. That was uh, I spent four years there. Can you give a brief, like, because there's a very few listeners to this that aren't in Oz or even some that are in Oz that yeah. wouldn't know exactly what the Jam Factory is. Can you just give us, like, a real mm. brief overview? Sure, of, yeah. Of uh, that Absolutely. amazing space. Yeah. 
So Jam Factory is a, I guess, a craft and design institution in Adelaide, um, and it's been it's been running for man like since the seventies, I think, um, and it basically is loosely divided into four separate studios. So they've got a, a ground floor um, glass blowing facility. And then we've got uh, a furniture studio in the middle. And then uh, the top floor is ceramics and metalwork. So, um, and you can apply to go into Jam and then you, you go in as an associate, basically. Um, and that's a two-year um, two position. Um, and you basically just have access to the resources there, um, which is... And some pretty amazing. amazing tutors as well, right? Uh, can be, yeah. It depends. It's very dependent upon um, when you go through. So okay. um, it's not really a... And this is where I want to tread carefully because... Um, <laughs> Like yeah. the, the the pausing between each word was a clear indication. Of you that. want to, yeah, that's <laughs> right. And I, <laughs> I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be really transparent here because um, there's a part of me that is wondering whether you guys have picked up on the wording self-taught and whether you're kind of having a little dig into that, which would, which is totally fair. Um, because I have to acknowledge that um, I have had access to a massive range of different um, minds, be it through YouTube, uh, Instagram, conversations that I've had with various people all around Australia, um, and, of course, through um, Jam Factory. Um, But... uh, and I'm super grateful for my experience of Jam Factory, but it was not a training program. And um, although I got uh, a lot out of it, um, at the time that I went through, it was um, it it was not uh, there was basically no training uh, involved in it uh, in the program in furniture at the time. Um, which is a little bit disappointing in some ways because I'd pitted a lot of hope in it. Um, and yeah. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, I suppose it's kind of similar, like, like a lot of like architecture schools, like the ones that I experienced, Mm. it might be an interesting learning experience. A lot of the time you're left to your own devices you might come across good tutors and different tutors. Yeah. But it doesn't prepare you actually for going into a workplace. For real. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, and especially when it's something like furniture and you've effectively got to become your own boss. Once you leave, you have to learn how to create a business. Um, so, yeah, I can kind of understand where you're coming from with that one. Yeah, and, like, there was just no... I mean... Once again, I want to... I'm in a hard position here because I want to express um, how grateful I am for the opportunity to go through Jam, but at the same time I want to be honest and and um, and not just uphold kind of a um, a yeah. bullshit narrative, you know. Well, I mean, you know, you had yeah. you had your own expectation of what what you thought you were going to get out of it. Um, expectations. And yeah, reality yeah. were different, and that's your story. So that's, that's right, that's and that's a, yeah. fine. Um, it's nothing wrong with. And that's a good way of putting it, either. you know. And like, um, in some ways, I was I was regularly frustrated because I'd try and talk to the people who were running the woodworking component, and I mean, they would always just um, tell me to Google it, or you know, which is great advice. I oh, dig okay. it. It's true. Um, there's a tremendous amount available on YouTube, but. It was a um, an irritation to me, I guess, because we were all working two mm. and a half days yeah. a week for free, um, 
and I just didn't feel like there was a matched kind of, um, uh, I don't know, sort of a commitment from the other side to provide a, any yep. kind of, other than workshop access, which we had, and which is amazing. It's a really beautifully set up workshop and, you know, and it was a, um, it was a difficult environment in many ways, to be honest with you. But, um, that, be- yeah. So, so was that, I was just going to say, so was that your last, um, kind of step in like what, what I guess we might say your early phases, was that kind of your last point going through the jam factory and then you decided this is for me, I'm going to try and work something out for myself. Yeah. So, well, I went through the, or, yeah, or so I, I did two years at the jam as an associate um, and as I've sort of covered, it was a, it was a challenging time in, in many ways, not just for me, but for my other fellow associates too, you know? Um, and, and then we, I sort of came out of that and then, um, I was given a really affordable studio at Jam Factory, which once again, super grateful for, you know, and like, um, and there's a ton of really wonderful people at Jam. Um, many of which I'm still friends with today. And to be honest with you, and I also want to put on the record, I would encourage people to apply for the furniture program there because it's, it's a completely different program now to, um, to the one that I went through. Um, and it's, it's amazing, to be honest. Um, anyway, I was, given a, yeah, I was given a chance to have a studio there for two years and then um, I uh, left jam factory after four years um and i started up at a um a furniture designer and extraordinary maker actually um called gray hawk in edwardstown um and i spent two years there um so and i learned a lot of uh gray and you know just kind of once again mostly just through sort of rubbing shoulders with him um, and some of the other people in the workshop and sort of observing what they do. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I've... Sorry. Sorry, carry on. No, you're right. Just mm. going to... I thought I, I will move, jump forward a little and then... Because oh, I wanted to yeah. talk about going over some of your um, Instagram feed and stuff. It looked to me that yeah. your... Uh, my, well, my impression, I think, was that you're heavy into the design and possibly outsourcing design and not mm. making so much pieces for yourself necessarily, mm. but mm-hmm. almost designing on spec. And that's an interesting, to me, that's a pretty interesting um, kind of concept because we haven't talked to anyone who's essentially, I guess mm. we have talked to just designers, but you're, you're yeah. on, you're on but the bit of both. So it's an interesting mm-hmm. um, I think dynamic. With James's background, mm. that's what also makes it very interesting. Mm. It's the... It's not someone who's a who's a, who's a trained architect who's decided I'm going to go the the design route. Yeah, mm. yeah that's right. I have I, my passion is in design, and um, I I I have no passion for woodworking. To be honest with you, as much as I hugely admire people who are good at it, I am not particularly good at it i can get a good result if i work really hard over a um and really uh uh in a really time consuming manner but it does take a lot of effort and um it's not a natural gifting of mine and so um i've always just made furniture in order to get a piece of furniture on the floor to realize my um a design that i've come up with um, it's, it's been a means to an end for me. Um, and I enjoy as- aspects of it, but probably the parts that I enjoy more is the, the boring stuff that anyone could do like sanding and, you know, right. <laughs> because I like listening to a podcast <laughs> and vegging out, you know, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the other stuff, to be honest with you, it's not like it's for me, it's not no, relaxing to try to, you know, think about the million different ways that I could destroy a piece of furniture before I've even started it you know <laughs> so you go as far as say presumably you have some bright spark idea and probably sketch something out um do you go through to make making prototypes or, or models yourself do you go that far or do you kind of send some plans out to someone and say hey mock this up for me or yeah so um 
I, I've made everything that I've ever designed, I've made myself. I've never, I've never just gone straight from uh, an idea to a maker and skipped that step. So I'm, I, w- I think I will in the future, but so mm-hmm. far I've always, I've always kind of put the, put the piece on the floor myself. Um, so as, as for my design process, I mean, I am... I am 100% self-taught. I have no design training. I am um, very... Uh, I'm trying to think of a word that's the same as ghetto, but um, uh, more, <laughs> more proper. We can use ghetto. Yeah, Ghetto's fine. It's pretty damn ghetto. It's, uh, it, like, it's, you know... It's so funny, though. Like, the word ghetto does not associate with what... Other people see in your furniture. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's so, yeah, well, that's it's right. so yeah, polished. They don't see the chaos, you know, but you guys can probably relate to that, yeah. can't you? You know, like everyone sees the beautiful um, finished piece at the end, and you don't read the bloody heartache that is part of the story. You know, that's a really good. Yeah. That's a good point because yeah. you know, for me, if I've got a nice polished finished piece of furniture, it's only been in my workshop in that state for one day and then it's gone mm. it's never there yeah. again and, <laughs> and it's been in pieces in a thousand mm. pieces for months probably yeah and yeah suddenly that's one right. day it's finished and then it, then it's gone and then it's like see you later oh. yeah. but it's not only yeah, that it's all yeah. the, the years of that experience to build up to that as well um, mm. that's quite comical when you look back at it one of my earliest mm. memories with the circular saw so the first circular saw I bought I had a piece mm. of firewood on, on, a, on a concrete paver and I stood on it mm-hmm. with my foot and I took the circular saw to, to cut it because I never, I didn't know how, I, was, I had no concept of circular motion in a saw and it was probably yeah. the, the most dangerous thing I've ever done. <laughs> but I always look back yeah. at that and think, you know, now I can steam bend timber and build a chair and that's, yeah. that's where it, it could have gone very differently, but that's where it started. It's amazing. I have to say, I have a similar experience. I, it's so funny you say that because it really brings this one to mind for me, which is, we burnt the very first night my wife and I moved into our the house that we live in now we had tea light candles because we didn't have power on yet and we had one we had them lined up on the bench top and one burnt down too low and burnt a brown mark on our nice it's like a nice kind of birch bench top or something and I tried to sand it out and I sanded it against the grain and I'm thinking back now it's like what the hell were you thinking like it was it's like it was a different 50, universe. 50. It could have gone either way. Yeah, yeah, it could have gone either way, but I like, oh, mate, it was like perpendicular to the freaking direction of the grain. It's like mind-boggling now, but yeah, it's funny. But clearly looking at your work, James, like materials are something that excite you, like yeah. the combination of different materials and working with new materials. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, you know, like... Uh, um, I like. I guess I always start with an idea, and then um, I'll kind of mentally. Overlay. Are you a sketcher or or well, CAD? Are you a sketcher or CAD model? To be honest, I'm pretty shoddy at both. <laughs> Brian, um, I, I'm learning CAD, which is which has been really cool. Actually, I've just been learning SketchUp, and um, that's mm-hmm. been yeah, that's been huge in some ways because for the first time I can explore things in three dimensions relatively easily. The ability to make changes is a pro and a con because it it sort of opens the door to a sort of perfectionism that wasn't there prior, Um, at least in terms of like dabbling with minor details, you know, and that's a trap that I find myself falling into, you know. Um, that's a trap with yeah. I think probably well for me that's a trap with SketchUp as well suddenly that you've drawn yeah. something exactly to scale and then oh I could yeah. just tweak this little thing here and this mm. thing here it doesn't need to be there because no one's ever going to see it no one you might right. not even make it that way but you you spend time adjusting the drawings and it just adds time that you don't you shouldn't put into it really but that's yeah, right develop it exactly in the, in the building in the yeah. building process yeah that's where you yeah. could, could put the time yeah in. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I find myself, I've, I've had to develop some, I guess, some philosophies around how to use it, which is to ask yourself, do I, am I doing this just to satisfy some arbitrary 
need within myself to get this looking right or will this actually serve that end product you know it's a really valuable question to ask isn't it sometimes and if it's just about you being like just going OCD on yourself then it's probably time to put the bloody mouse pad down (laughs) (laughs) yeah the the first piece of yours I I think I met you in Hobart didn't I at the Clarence yeah, yeah. prize back in the Clarence that's right 17 or 2016 yeah. 2017 somewhere in there and that was I, that was when I reckon it was 17 the, yeah 17 was, was it that was when the rush mm. cutters bench had first come out is that right mm, uh, yeah so I was in the Clarence that, I did do the rush cutters bench in that year but the, um, but it was for the it was for something else I think in the Clarence it was for a different piece um, but then the rush cutters got shortlisted mm. for that um, Australian mm. furniture award yeah, that's right. And you're yeah, in that too, yeah. Brian. Yeah. I was yeah. I wasn't actually, no. No. I I went to the uh I went to the awards night and the and the talk, but I didn't actually submit a piece for it that year. I didn't I didn't uh, get it in time. But yeah, that was the first oh, time right. I think I saw oh, your okay. rush cutters. But um tell yeah. us tell us how mm. long does that take to weave? Mm. Uh so the first time it took forever. Yeah. As you can imagine. I was going to say. Um so I don't know, maybe like 30 hours or something that's pretty, or, that's pretty good and it's god knows and yeah. the um, so it's just, so for, it's obviously difficult to explain this on an audio medium but steel mm. bench Danish cord and it's got a seam down the middle and you have steel members yeah. underneath that that Danish cord weave right in the centre yeah that's right yeah that's right yeah because that's it's okay. quite a long span you know like um, yeah yeah, as you know, like um, if you're trying to maintain a slender profile and you've got that span, um, yeah, you're going to have to have some significant structural bracing there. So it's actually quite complex on the inside the way it's been, um, the way it's all tricked out, and that's just evolved over the years. Like I've literally probably changed the the, the style of it has remained the same, but the method of making has refined. Uh, been refined over years. That's cool. So I love that. I love probably gone through like little five or six tweaks like changes. that in pieces yeah. that yeah a client would I never know. ever know about, mm. but only a furniture maker by sort of yeah. deconstructing it or would uh, would yeah. get a boss out of it. It's fun, isn't it? It's kind of like mm. a little Easter egg in there, you know. It's yeah. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. You have you of, made? Um, mm. Sorry. Have you made structural changes over the years? I just wonder because if mm. you're anything like me, you wonder about pieces you made years ago and you go hmm i wonder i wonder how that's going now that i'm now making it differently and, yeah. uh, i should follow up yeah, that's right. with their clients actually maybe yeah. i shouldn't follow up with their clients yeah <laughs> yeah that's right well well a couple of things yeah so um so i'm i'm pretty i sleep soundly in regard to the rush cutters bench because um that uh that piece was originally engineered by my cousin Luke, who um, he's passed away sadly actually um, last year. But he was a um, structural engineer, and he gave it a structural engineer's um, what would you call it? Like a solution? Like it was heavily, right. heavily engineered. And um, I just took his word for it. Made it. It had three lengths of RHS down the middle, and it must have weighed probably about. I don't know, like 70 kilograms or something. <laughs> and, uh, I was just like, I sat down on it and it just didn't even flex. Like there was no deflection at all over a 1.8 meter span between the legs. And I just sort of thought, yeah, all right, it's maybe a little bit overkill. So um, I've reduced that down a fair bit. So yeah, the first one was like pretty well bomb proof. And um, <laughs> later iterations have become more sort of yeah uh yeah a little bit more of a compromise there um but yeah like yeah in terms of errors that i've made yeah 100 percent. like the first j j5 cabinet that i made i man shudder to think now you know i don't know what i was thinking but it didn't have a rail like it just had legs stuck to this um carcass you know and um so the thing would just you know flex and <laughs> if you are you know if you put it on different ground it. it would flex in you know and the doors wouldn't open all of a sudden and so on but yeah. 
that's just, you know, you just, as I say, like I didn't, you know, I wasn't, um, I didn't have any training or, or whatever. And I was just kind of figuring it out as I went, but it sort of, uh, ended up pulling together, you know, so added a rail and, um, bit of an under undercarriage, which is sort of hidden under the piece. So, yeah. Just jumping around a bit, mm. going back to, you were saying how you entered that, uh, design competition, mm. uh, with that piece. The the motivation to get to that, to enter that, and I guess how you found that. Could you just walk us through? Because I know there's a lot of people listening to the show who uh, are a bit would be a bit nervous about entering a competition. But it seems like it's a fairly yeah. common thread for a lot of the people we have on the show. This is where they make their start. So, yeah. what led you to that, and how did you find it? Yeah. Um, so. Sorry, sorry, Robin. Were we talking about the first design award or the the first yeah, one? I yeah, entered? the one. Yeah, the one you where you, where you went off to New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's um, now that one. Uh, so just to rewind a little bit, my wife was pregnant with our third, and we'd lived in um, student accommodation prior, basically. Um, the first one was born in England when we were, um, my wife was studying over there. She was doing a PhD. We're in a little one, tiny little one bedroom apartment in Oxford. And, um, then the second one was born while we were kind of like couch surfing back in Adelaide, basically, which was wild, you know, not on the couch in a hospital, but you know, like, um, yeah. Thank, thank I think it's God. frowned upon Next to level. give birth on, on other people's coaches. <laughs> yeah. uh. It'd be beyond my uh, skill set, that's for sure. Um, so, and then, yeah, and she, and so she just went, she just went gangbusters on the like nursery setup because finally we had a house and she was like ready to go. And um, so she started looking for furniture online and she couldn't find anything that she particularly liked. And um, and so she she said, oh, why don't you have a shot at making something? And I, you know, I was, I was very resistant to the idea, I must say. But then, you know, she's kind of, um, she's very good at like, she can be quite forceful, you know, <laughs> when she gets an idea in mind. And she's always been really like good, good at pulling. Oh, she is. And she's always been really good at pulling my potential out of me, you know. Um, she was the one who twisted my arm to go to university to study journalism, you know. Like, I'd never even finished finish school or anything and, you know. Um, and, yeah, and, and so, you know, I, I kind of gave in and started thinking about these ideas and it was just hugely exciting you know I got really wrapped up in the process of designing this stuff um and then and then I you know as I said I kind of got some friends to help me we got them made put them on the floor and everything was going great and then she she just saw an ad for the design award in a magazine basically and um, and once again, she just forced me to enter it. So I wasn't I wasn't keen because I I felt like I just felt like it was a dumb idea, you know. And like what you were saying, you know, like people feel reluctant, you know, to I don't know, like maybe you feel a little bit like it's not good enough, or you got no chance mm. of winning. You know what I mean? There's a lot of paperwork. Um, you know, it has to go in front of this fancy pants looking bloody panel and, you know, it's, it's, They're it can be intimidating. They're yeah. going to rip it up and you're like, oh, look at this darn fool here with his ugly Danish cord, you know, <laughs> nappy change table or whatever. And, um, and it's funny, I guess, you know, from your perspective as well, because you haven't come through the, the more um, uh, trained, um, mm. you know, that sort of formal process. It's even yeah. more daunting because you don't know what you don't know. So you, yeah. you, you, you just, in your mind, they're going to be this bozo doesn't yeah. know what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. That's right. I, in all sincerity, if, they, if they'd called me and said, look, we just wanted to let you know that um, 
we were really horrified by your uh, <laughs> submission. You know, like I, I wouldn't have been at all surprised. I never would Please have designed anything again. Please never enter our awards like, again. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I can't believe you wasted our time. <laughs> um, you know, I would I really, have. Uh, um, yeah, I had I, no. I, I was really none the appreciate that. Um, Mm. The ideal of just going into something completely blind. Mm. Um, I I really like the idea of you know one re- one kind of I I'm always resisted l- being taught or learning specific things in wood- woodworking um, mm. years ago because I didn't want to know what everyone else got taught. I didn't want to mm. have the same education. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not, now, looking back at it, I know it doesn't work that way. Mm. But I always thought, well, if you go to some furniture school, everyone's yeah. going to be trained the same way, and you're just going mm. to—they're going to pump out robots who just make yes. the same things. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it doesn't that. happen that way. Mm. But um, yeah, for real, the idea that you just kind of ignore all, like, put blinkers on and just do what you want to do—I mm. um, think you get a, a uh, an un. Um, kind of washed um, design aspect unfiltered mm. yeah but um, yeah. the problem with it is that you end mm. up making silly mistakes that if you had just gone to a school <laughs> I know go, God, I, I could have actually built that properly but I agree. I've got this design anyway so it's, it's strange it's a, it, yeah it's a funny thing Joey I, I completely agree and like I feel like uh, I've been reading a book called The Practice by Seth Godin lately and I feel like uh He's been challenging me on some of these ideas because I've always, um, I've always had a, a funny relationship with like what, what he refers to as the muse, you know, which he says doesn't exist, which I agree with, by the way. But you can have this superstitious kind of idea that there's this like creative thing that's very fragile and like you can't mess with it. And if you do education or training, it's going to like screw it all up and you know you just get these funny little superstitious sort of notions and what he encourages people to do is to look at the damn thing and just to stop having to stop operating out of a paradigm of fear like that you know and to just have the courage to um yeah to to get a damn education and to um you know to to whatever go to woodworking school like to um try writing a poem every day you know to not just wait for inspiration to sh- strike, but to actually make it practice, you know. So yeah, that's your inspiration kind of is actually your practice of the task, mm. you know. And you you kind of end up creating you cr- you create your own inspiration just by trying to do something, getting 100%. out of your comfort zone. Completely agree. Yeah, and it, and it, and if you if you do create a practice that has a formal kind of uh, timeline and and repetition you know say it's daily weekly whatever what i've found is that you can avoid that trap of falling off the inspiration wagon for sometimes weeks or months or even years you know like you can mm-hmm. be like oh man i haven't had a good idea for bloody three years you know well maybe that's because you haven't been making anything you know you haven't been sitting down and opening your sketchbook and and saying today's the day i'm going to design a piece of furniture you know yeah yeah, flexing that muscle. Yeah, absolutely. And tell us what's what's the current what's the current setup with uh, you? You've moved into a new workshop, have you? That's the plan. Um, it's funny. I was listening to you talking about the. Was it you, Robin? The, oh no, you, Joey. Was it talking no, about um, the new workshop? In the process or? of building, yeah. In the process of building, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've got a um a room in a. Uh, an old cheese factory in my Ponga, which is a town on the coast, um, south of Adelaide. I'm already kind of south of Adelaide. I'm on the coast myself, but it's sort of another 25 minutes further. And, um, it is, yeah, it's rough. It hasn't been touched for probably about maybe 40 years. I don't know. You know, it's, it's really, yeah, it's bare bones, (laughs) but it's kind of what I wanted as well, because, it hasn't had anyone else's work <laughs> done on it, you know. <laughs> so it's got that blank slate kind of feel to it that is really kind of appealing. Yeah. 
Was that like you, Brian, when you moved into the Sounds, munitions yeah, factory? Yeah. Pretty similar. 30 years derelict yeah. or something. And yeah, just bare bones. Mm. I love... Yeah. Something. I'm not a big heritage architecty person. Like, I did a bit of heritage work um, when I was in architecture. But there's something about having a workshop in a building that has memories in it rather than... It's, I mean, eventually I probably will have to move into like a tilt-up concrete shed, <laughs> but there's there's just something, yeah, I don't know. And again, I'm not sort of spiritually about ghosts or anything like that, but just the memories that have been imbued in that building, I find it to be quite uh, an inspiring space to work in. 100%. Yeah, when something's been built in a time when everything was made by hand, those yeah, those yeah. memories are kind of like inscribed in the very yeah. materials that the exactly. thing is like, made out of. On my, they, way you know? in and, on my way in and out of the workshop, so my workshop's all just timber frame with uh, corrugated cladding on it, but the big blue stone wall of the main magazine, the corner detail on it, um, that apparently they created a jig to do it, and but it is the most beautifully cut, piece of stone um of bluestone and well, it was 150 years ago 140 years ago and it's still perfect yeah and you think about you. the it's person who had to sit down to work out how to make that jig <laughs> yeah, yeah and the amount of time yeah. that they spent on it and then 140 That's years right. later the, the, yeah it's still showing so yeah it's That's small right. little details like that that i i personally take a lot of inspiration on me too, man. So yeah, so when yeah, I'm huge. So, so, Stone masonry for me is huge. Yeah. Sorry. So what's the plan with the cheese factory? Is it does it need a whole fit out to it, or is there a good floor and is it insulated? <laughs> yes, yeah, <so> it's like <laughs> yeah, all of that. All of it's, that. Um, yeah, the floor is concrete, and it's like it's got these old. Uh, what would you call it? Pedestals for machines, which still protrude right. up okay. into the air. And so I'm going to get in and I guess, I mean, I've, I've got a nine inch grinder, so I'll, I'll give that a go. <laughs> if that fails, I'll get, I'll get a demolition saw. Yeah. But I've, I've actually, I've requested, because I had no power, I've requested that the Sparky put a PowerPoint around the corner behind a door and a little floodlight so that I can just get in there and just spray water everywhere, pressure clean the walls, just yep. like, right. you know, just really get the place wet and, you know, clean, Are you the only tenant in there? No, so um, the building is quite large and the middle part has been occupied by a market, like a weekly... In fact, I think they're even in there every day like right. mostly old ladies to be honest i mean i i get the sense they've been doing it for like the last like five decades you know like <laughs> just selling like little trinkets antiques and books and stuff and um the the place is owned by a um a g a retired he's just retired actually a retired gp and you know he's really passionate about the building he and which i love because you know we we're just talking i've I appreciate um, sort of these beautiful buildings a lot, and um, he like his driving force is just to is to maintain the building as it is, not get it knocked down, which is what you just see happening everywhere in Adelaide at the moment, and to fill it with life, you know. Um, and so he's got a bunch of ideas. It's yeah, there's a really beautiful cafe that's um, set up in the front. Um, the market's still going, but those those ladies are kind of retiring, you know, one by one. And um, my the room that I'll be moving into is one of the side rooms. There's rooms everywhere, you know, and like some of them have these big like ammonia baths, and you know, it's a weird yeah, it's a weird place. But uh, but mine is just me. Yeah, it'll just be me. So awesome. Cool. That, yeah. sounds, that sounds right up my alley. I'll have to come visit once you're all set Yeah, you must, mate. Yeah, yeah no, it'd be great to have you, Brian. I'm really excited about it. Um, it's, you know, it's funny, like, uh, it's exactly what I wanted. And I just can't believe that it's come along, you know. And, um, you know, um, it's perfect. So I'm super psyched. And it's got three-phase power, being a factory, so... That's a win. Yep. Oh, happy days. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to be documenting the whole 
the journey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that, got, to, got, a, to, got to harvest that free content while you can, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's uh, a that's a good segue then into to rounding up the show. Yeah. Where can people check out your stuff? Obviously, Instagram. What do what do they need to yep. search for? Yep. So my Instagram is just James House Studio. Um, J-A-M-E-S-H-O-W-E studio um, so yeah follow me there I'm on TikTok oh <laughs> check I, I you out so I, I recently yeah. started that as well um, did you really if you want to be, be present you've got to be in the game I'm going to follow you I, I, it's I do rough. all my own dance moves as well oh bro I haven't, I haven't dared yet oh I should I should um, one day <laughs> How old do you feel as um, old as I do, Joey? Oh, yeah. man. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> you know what's oh, Trust though? me, it's, I do it's, too. <laughs> it's, uh, it's changing. It's not, it's, TikTok, TikTok is not what it used to okay. be. It is just no. another social media yeah. platform. Everyone's just hijacked it. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's what happens, right? Yeah. You know, because the same happened with Facebook, I guess, didn't it? Because it was yeah. a sort of a college student platform and now it's your mum and your your brand and your, you know <laughs> that's it yeah no I'd say um, give uh, give James's Instagram a look it's um, it's a really refreshing account as well like I love people that just talk honestly and openly and mm. it's not necessarily just showing Thanks, work but it's trying to get across your design ideas and and uh, mm. and yeah your skateboarding skills <laughs> Thanks, mate. No, like, I, I, I'm happy to hear you say that, Brian, because I, you were actually a, uh, an original inspiration for me to start talking into the camera because you were like the only really? person that I followed who was actually doing it, and I was like, man, this guy's like, it's like it, it's a different thing, you know what I mean? Hmm. It, it's sort of a, it's quite powerful. I feel like, yeah, to kind of just to just go for it and do it, and yeah, it was actually quite, yeah, quite what would you say like yeah quite an inspiration for me to start having a crack at it myself well yeah it's working it's cool mm. thanks man cheers bro yeah cool alright well thanks thanks for listening everyone and James obviously thanks so much for coming on the show really appreciate it and mm. um, we wish you all the best of luck with the cheese factory cheese factory yeah. thanks so yeah. much guys <laughs> yeah really lovely chatting with you guys all right. So Excellent. Catch you later. All right. See you, everyone. All right, everyone. See you later. See you. Bye. 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 Cheers. Bye.